Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Ironically enough, I'm going to talk about Facebook in just a second. Coming up in a few minutes, you go to buy an airline ticket, you go to buy a cruise, they're always pushing you to buy trip insurance. There's some stuff you need to know about that in today's Clark Rage. And coming up later yet, there's great news on the food safety front. I want to tell you what private industry is doing to make the food supply safer for you and your family. So Facebook, it's been very confusing for people, had a big security breach, 50 million people known of so far, and hackers were able to exploit a security breach in their system and were able to steal what are known as access tokens to be able to take over your account. So there are a few things here that I want you to know about because when these breaches happen, whatever breach happens now, people are completely overwhelmed by the whole breach thing. We have breach fatigue And you're like, well, why does it make a difference anywhere? All right. So one of the things that when we discuss this, because we meet every day as a staff, all the various functions, our off-air team, our digital team, our digital money-saving team, TV, radio, we all get together and we talk about what's going on and uh, what things are important for you to know And in something like this, what are the things you should specifically be aware of? So first with Facebook, even if you're not one of the 50 million, take this as a warning. And a lot of people use Facebook as almost like a master account to then go to other activities where you can sign in through Facebook. Don't do that anymore. There's too much risk. You're giving criminals keys to the kingdom. They break into your Facebook. They then have access to all these other accounts of yours that you've signed in through Facebook. Anytime I go to any new site that I'm setting up an account with, they often will have the option of signing in through Facebook or maybe another social media or whatever. I never take advantage of that. I always set up a separate account with whatever that is. And if you have made a practice of gaining access to various functions and accounts through a master Facebook account, don't do it anymore. Discontinue it. Shut down that as your method of access. Number one recommendation I've got for you. Number two, you know this. You know this, you never want to use a sign-in on any social media that is the same as any username and password you would ever use for any financial account. Because what criminals are after ultimately is they're after money. The most direct path to money is if they can hack into your bank account. You don't have any money in the bank, don't worry. But if you got money, you don't want to lay yourself open and leave yourself vulnerable. 
So one thing Facebook is doing is they're with 90 million accounts, they're forcing you to sign out and sign back in to try to short circuit the method that the hackers have been able to get into accounts. But I am very concerned about where one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, meaning where things are chained together and either using the same password or the same username or using Facebook or any other social media as the sign-in to other unrelated accounts. These are things that leave you wide open, leave you exposed to having a heap of trouble put at your doorstep that you didn't cause. It's not your fault, but you suffer the results of. Kathy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Clark. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Wonderful, thank you, which is very important that we're both doing well when you want to ask me about long-term care insurance, right? Exactly. So what's your scoop? Well, um, I am 65. My fiancé is 67. We're both retired, and we're getting married in December. Congratulations. Thank you. And we have been meeting with um, financial planners to get help planning for our financial needs during our retirement. And um, we're looking at investment planning and estate planning and tax planning and that sort of thing. And we want to make sure that, you know, either one of us has enough income in the event of our deaths and we don't want to be a burden to our families. And so along the way... Oh, come on. What are they for if you're not going to be a burden on your family? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> um, so along the way, you know, we have been presented with, um, you know, the issue of long-term care and insurance, and it's, it's really expensive. Um, and so we were just wondering if you might have any suggestions or... Um, no, this is this is a real that? problem because generally you have a segment of the population that doesn't need long-term care, and that's people who have a very large number of assets, generally north of $3 million. Okay. And then people who don't need long-term care because they got nothing. They don't own a home. You know, they're renters. They have uh, very little money saved. They've got no investments. So there's this group of people in the middle that don't have millions of dollars in assets and do have some things like maybe owning a home and other accounts. They don't want to be impoverished by long-term care, and you mentioned not a burden on the family. So if you're in that middle section, and would you say that you and your fiancé are in that middle? I would say that we're in that middle. You, you do have to think through what in the world are you going to do if one of you ended up needing assistance with what's known as life's daily activities, needed long-term care, needed uh, assisted living, full nurse, skilled nursing home. What do you do? And the market offers imperfect answers. And so the long-term care insurance 
will generally pay for a three to five year period, depending on what you buy. It will have an inflation adjustment to deal with medical cost inflation over the years. The premiums are not guaranteed. They can go up. And even initially, you're looking at several thousand dollars a year, aren't you? Yes. So it is one of those things. There is no good answer. Uh, There are strategies people do where they go see an elder law attorney and title assets in a way that the assets are not at risk. It's considered to be a, um, uh, a strategy that some people don't like the ethics of, others are happy with, or you, um, you buy the long-term care insurance. Okay. Um, I've read online about an option uh, regarding investing in community care um, it's, it, it, I get the idea that it's basically investing in, you know, a community care, um, facility where... Oh, the, the life stages ones yeah. where you go in and independent living, and then as your needs change, you move from place to place, but they, they don't provide the care for free. I mean, you go in a, a stage, a facility that deals with the stages of aging you're still going to have to pay for the care. Right. So it doesn't relieve the, the cost burden. So if, you, if the two of you want to make sure that you're not a burden to each other and you're not a burden to your kids and you're both healthy now, as much as it hurts to write a several thousand dollar check a year, believe it or not, I recommend it. Okay. But I want you to get a five-year benefit if you can afford it and a decent inflation adjustment, which will usually be minimum 3% per year covering inflation over the years. Because a benefit to you today at 65, let's say you wouldn't need any kind of assistance till you're 85. Right. If you don't, if you don't have inflation adjustment, a benefit that looks good today will be useless 20 years from now. But I do have one other alternative. Okay. Going back to age 85, you can buy something known as longevity insurance. Has anybody mentioned this? Not at all. Generally, nobody mentions it because the commissions on it are not very good. Okay. But you can buy a policy that only pays a benefit if you make it to age 85. And then at age 85, it pays a very generous monthly benefit for the rest of your life. And so it's money you can live on in the event you need any kind of long-term care. It's therefore, if you die before age 85, poof, it goes up in smoke. Okay. But it's a very affordable way for you to fund much later in life when the odds would be higher that you would need care And so I like the longevity policies as an alternative. You'll have to look around on your own. You probably want to look for a fee-only financial planner because commission-oriented salespeople won't want to talk to you about it. Angela's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Angela. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. You want to make sure that your kid knows how to handle a huge amount of money someday, is that right? 
<laughs> I do. What's <laughs> I the story? Every parent's dream, right? Yeah, right. Our daughter is nine, and we have a 30-year-old, and we just want to figure out a way that we can help her start saving now so that she gets to be, you know, 20, 21, that she's self-sufficient and that she has enough money to, to do what she wants to do. And I seem to remember listening to you or watching you um, several years ago talk about um, ways that the children can start saving at an early age and save a certain amount each year. And then by the time they were in their early 20s, that they could potentially be millionaires. And I was hoping you could um, maybe refresh my memory as to why. Well, actually, I'm going to burst your bubble because it's that they can contribute what I talked about is that they, if a young kid starting at age 15 starts okay. putting aside $2,000 each year, uh-huh. they can do that till they're in their early 20s and never put in another penny, and by old age, they'll be a millionaire. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, you I can't, you can't put this. aside money for a nine-year-old a little bit each year, and then by early 20s, that child's a millionaire. That's not going to happen. But the idea is that if you start saving young, that ultimately it makes later in life much easier. Awesome. So is there a particular financial vehicle that we should use? Yes, I like, I like for you, if it's, if it's for a nine-year-old putting money in a regular investment account, to go in something really simple like an index fund where you own little pieces of thousands of companies, Mm-hmm. I have some recommendations of those on Clark.com on my investment guide. Great. And so there's minimal tax due each year on an index fund. And once your nine-year-old starts working as a teenager, mm-hmm. then you start putting money in a Roth instead of in an investment account. Oh, wow. Okay. But the earlier somebody starts, let me tell you what a head start the nine-year-old would have over the 30-year-old putting money aside now, it's a huge difference. Today's Clark Rages moment is a special warning for you. When you go to buy an airline ticket from any airline, you go to buy a cruise, whatever, they're all going to be pushing their trip protection plans, their trip insurance. There are now a number of lawsuits against uh, pretty much all the major airlines, all the cruise lines, for ripping people off on these trip policies and engaging in a practice that in many states may in fact be illegal where they're taking kickbacks from insurers at the airlines and the cruise lines for recommending or pushing these insurance products or pseudo insurance products and the cost you pay and premiums for these policies generally terrible Over time, you're going to see the airlines and cruise lines settle these lawsuits because they're not taking care of people and, in fact, taking advantage of them. And I know when I go to buy travel, how often I'm pressured and I'll go to buy and they say, oh, no, you didn't answer this question about buying our ripoff coverage. Go back and buy the ripoff coverage. That's not what they say. I want that to be what plays in your head. If you do ever need to buy insurance for a cruise is a good example, a tour where the money is non-refundable, no matter what happens, 
You want to buy one independently. Never, never from the cruise line, tour operator, the airline, and the I should tell you the ones, particularly the airlines sell, are generally complete trash. That it's almost impossible to ever successfully make a claim against one of those. And I discourage you from ever clicking to buy there. Again, if you want to buy a policy, check out Insure My Trip or get a Costco Visa card that provides, if you use it to buy your travel, provides trip insurance for free with your purchase of the travel. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And we have a problem, not just in the United States, this is a worldwide problem, but I'm most focused on how we're going to address it in the United States, and that is our food supplies come from everywhere. There's something, I'll give an example when I'm talking to a school group, something like that, as a way to really get their attention. I say, you know, it was really easy when I was a kid not to have to eat vegetables all the time or eat fruit all the time because we only had fruit or vegetables when it was in season. Now, and they got really interested in that, now, because we live in a worldwide food market, it seems that things are in season all the time, that whatever fruit or vegetable you want is pretty much available 12 months a year. But that food chain we now have has come with the added complexity that people can get sick, the source of the illness hard to track, and keeping people safe has become so much more difficult. So we'll have these outbreaks of a foodborne illness, and you can have fatalities, you can have illnesses. They can go on for a significant period of time before the CDC or whoever else is the sleuth on the case can track down the source and shut it off. You'll hear it from time to time happen with lettuce or spinach or whatever. Well, the nation's largest grocer, Walmart, it will have a new system fully implemented in less than a year where with any food item sold in the store, there will be full farm-to-store tracking, real-time. So if there's ever anything identified as a potential source of illness, it will be able to be tracked down a whole lot quicker and the recall will happen a whole lot faster and the danger to people will be greatly reduced. We cannot make a food supply 100% safe. But what Walmart is doing is great and any of a number of large players in the food industry both manufacturers, because it can also be, I mean, people can get sick from things other than produce. You know, it can be actual um, canned food or, or processed food that can make people sick as well. And so food manufacturers are part of this process also. And John, who is part of our Clark.com crew, recently was in a store with, what were you buying? Uh, frozen shrimp. Frozen shrimp. And 
is it okay to name the store in this case? Who was it? Sure, it was Target. And so you get to the register at Target, and they ask, would you like to have a red card today? First thing you're asked when you get up there. <laughs> right. No, no, they don't say that. Would you like to save 5% on your purchases today and every day moving forward by having a Target red card? Yeah, yeah, we got that first. Okay, but we had a we had a, a massive uh, buggy. We had the kids with us, so of course it's it's very difficult to go to Target or any other store without uh, spending a, a lot of money. Uh, but what was really interesting, this was Sunday. Uh, I thought you know a shrimp cocktail would be good to have have with the football games in the afternoon. Uh, picked up this bag of shrimp that was on sale. Took it up, and as the associate scanned the shrimp, uh, there was an abnormal sound. Uh, you know, not the normal bloop. Uh, so I looked at the the screen uh, that the associate was looking at and it said uh, do not sell this item uh, and it printed out a little ticket. It said, uh, attach this to the bag of shrimp uh, and call a manager. Uh, and so the manager came over and uh, you know, we asked you know, what this could possibly be. And she said, we really don't know. We, all, we looked at the expiration date. Uh, it wasn't expired, didn't expire until next year. Um, and, and I said, well, you know, maybe there was some kind of recall. Uh, and the manager said, you know, that, that's entirely possible. Uh, but you know, at this point, we don't know. So I've looked since then to see if there was a recall on any kind of frozen shrimp. And there hadn't been one in a couple years. Um, so, my assumption is that maybe there's a recall in process um, and it just hasn't been announced yet, but they would not let us buy that bag of shrimp. That is fascinating and it's a mystery, maybe uh, will unfold over time, but that is the kind of thing that's coming is that we will, before we can get out of the store, there will be items that are still on the shelf that have already been identified as being a risk for whatever reason, and before that item could end up at home, you watching football and suddenly not feeling so hot, because not because your team lost, but because the shrimp were, uh, uh, it was like a sack in your life. You got sacked for a big, big loss. Anyway, you never had that happen. No, and you know, I, I thank the manager. I, I said, you know, I'm glad this happened, and, and I didn't end up exactly where where you were uh, talking about, Clark. Well, uh, the good thing is that whatever w- the issue was with the shrimp, it didn't happen to you. And the fact that we're going to have more and more circumstances where we don't have to worry about as much the safety of the food we eat, that's nothing but for the good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Brian's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Brian. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Brian. How can I be of I service to you? I have a question about what my homeowner association is doing. I have some concerns. So, I, of course, I live in a community where there's a homeowner association, and the association is planning on doing a bulk purchase of internet and TV on behalf of all the residents but through a fiber optic service provider. The residents would pay about $90 a month for high-speed internet and television, and um, they are planning to sign a 10-year contract for this. Whoa! Whoa! Wait! What? No! Yeah. No! Wait, 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 wait. So the association, are you in a mandatory association yes. community? Yes. Wow. So the the board of directors 
wants to sign a 10-year fiber optic agreement that would stick current and future residents, owners, with an obligation that would go till 2028 or 2029? Right. I would never do that. Never. What kind of penalty is there if, you know, the market is changing so fast right now? That's exactly my concern. What kind of penalty is there, a break penalty, a break fee, that the association would have to pay if later uh, the resident said, a new board says, this is a terrible idea, we got to cancel this thing. Do you know what the break fee is? Or I, I do not. That's a very good question. All right. So how far along is the board? Are they canvassing homeowners to see well, how they feel about this? They are, they are fairly far along. Um, they already took a vote that they are going to go forward with with this, and they are in the process of turning the proposal into a contract. But I hope that the contract has not been signed already. Uh, interestingly, they took a survey of the residents, and actually 53% of the residents voted to go against the fiber optic. Um, they claim that, well, you know, they're just doing a survey that's not really... It's still the, the board's decision, and um, it was only 35% of the residents who responded to the survey. All right. What but, I would um, do, what so, I would do fast as you possibly can, this is going to sound so analog, but I would go print up as many yard signs as you can and have people put signs in the yard, no to fiber, and, mm-hmm. and have a citizen uprising. I mean, my feeling is that there's a good chance this is a bad idea because in four years... No, 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 no. There's not... Let me tell you something. There's not a chance this is a bad idea. It's this is a bad idea. At a time of rapid technological change, it is a major error to enter into a decade-long agreement for technology like Internet and television. That is, I mean, when you look how much things have changed in the last year with all the people cutting the cord across the country that all the experts said would not happen for years and years and years and years and years, this is a rotten idea and you need to stir up the membership and get people up in arms before it maybe harms people's ability to sell their properties down the road rotten idea this board especially doing a survey and going against people's wishes what are they thinking carolyn's with us on the clark howard show hi carolyn hi clark thanks for taking my call sure carolyn you're trying to help out your parents and finding it rough going yes we are uh my parents 78 and 76 are healthy they live independently in their forever home and have fashioned their lifestyle and saved their whole lives for this home. Now they want to move to an independent living community. They are very conservative and take their time making decisions. Their house is paid off and they say they can afford it. Admittance to this type of community will be just under $500,000 and about $3,300 a month. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, I'm now shallow breathing. 
<laughs> it's not good to make me shallow breathe. Okay, I'm taking a deep breath. So it's a half a million dollar buy-in into this uh, Stages community? Yes, and that's just an admittance with no ownership or equity. Yeah, so you forfeit the buy-in if later they say, this place is terrible, we want to get out of here, and you pay fees that they decide what they're going to be every month for regard whatever stage of life they're at. Yes, they do offer a 50% refund if they decide to leave or move into another unit, say, downsize, or one passes away into an apartment or something. Yeah, I I have never been a fan of the buy-ins. And the buy-ins to me are for people who are, I mean, if they're extremely wealthy, and this is not an investment, obviously, it's a lifestyle purchase, and they can afford it, and it makes them happy. And it just means that um, they they don't have as much money potentially to give to charity later to their kids or whatever. And they're comfortable spending that as a lifestyle spend. They can do it. But as if you ask me the dollars and cents of it, I think it's a terrible use of money. Yeah, my sister and I are wondering if there's better options. They want to be around like people. 55 and other communities that may offer things that appeal to them. They like the on-site medical care that is available. Right. But they ha- I don't know what else to advise them. They haven't seemed to look at any other option. Except well, that's what you and your sister need to be about. You mm-hmm. need to take a more active role and go look at places. How far away do the two of you live from your parents? She's in Atlanta and I'm in North Florida and they're in uh, Southwest Virginia. They're looking in North Carolina. Okay, well, it's time for a road trip. Yep. And and go look at facilities in the area in North Carolina that they think they'd like to live and look at alternatives. Because, I mean, one thing you never know with these buy-ins, how stable are the finances of the community they'd be buying into? Right. Uh, what happens if a new operator comes in and degrades the level of the quality of care they're walking away from, or raises prices a lot, they're facing walking away from half the money or all of the money. And if they file bankruptcy. You lose all the money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. So are your parents just loaded with money that if they made a bad decision, it would be an ah well, or would half a million dollars in their lives really affect their financial future? They're not loaded, but like I said, they've worked super hard their whole lives and saved for this forever home that they're in. Yeah. So they, they would sell it. They'd spend half of their earnings or a profit from the house on this and probably Ugh. have the other 500000 for these monthly fees in future. That's just my Yeah, that's too much risk. That's too much risk. That's too much money to put into a buy-in. If that would erode half of what they'd have, that's a bad choice. But you need to find alternatives so that it's not just mom and dad, we don't like this. You need to have alternatives. Why don't you consider this place, that place, the other place? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. And then producer Joel reads the question to me. What you got, Joel? Clark Tom asked, can you explain how a Google Voice phone number can help prevent SIM hijacking, as you briefly mentioned on a recent Clark Stink segment? Yeah, this was a great suggestion from a listener to the problem with uh, SIM hijacking. Now, it does not prevent SIM hijacking, but it prevents somebody being able to steal all the money out of your account, which is the whole purpose of SIM hijacking. Let me first explain what that is. So what criminals do now is because now you have, with so many banks, financial institutions, credit unions, stockbrokers, mutual fund companies, before they'll let you in your account to do something, they send you a one-time use code as a text message to your cell phone. Well, criminals, many times working with insiders at the four major cell phone providers, will steal your service, and suddenly your cell phone number will ring to the criminal. The criminal then gets the code texted to them instead of to you and uses that as a way to break into your financial account and steal your money, usually with a wire transfer to outside the United States. The money cannot be reclaimed. So I know that was a lot of information. So with a Google Voice number, that's the number you give for account verification to your bank, brokerage account, credit union, whoever. So even if criminals steal your cell phone service, they haven't stolen your Google Voice number. And that's how it's like a third factor of authentication to protect your money. All right. I love it. And then Clark Bobby wrote in and said, is there a place to get a free credit report? Yes, it is so easy now. If you sign up with Credit Sesame or Credit Karma, your credit files are available to you whenever you wish, and an approximation of your credit score available to you with a free update every seven days, totally free with Credit Karma or Credit Sesame. You also can get your credit report free once each year from annualcreditreport.com. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks so much for listening today. You know, there's a giant team behind bringing you everything we do at Team Clark. Our podcast and radio show are produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. My TV producer is Leah Dunn. Clark.com is made possible thanks to Krista DiBiaz, James DeGal, John Crest, Theo Timu, Michael Timmerman, Craig Johnson, Beth Marcinko, Clara Bassanetto, John Jones, and Grace Del Rio. ClarkDeals.com, where you can find the best deals from around the web, is produced by Karis Brown, Laura Sayers, Sarah Jordan, and Damon Marley. You can sign up for our newsletters at Clark.com, thanks to Sally McDonald 
and our social media gurus are Chelsea Glass and Nicole Carroll. Our Off-Air Advice Center is run by Lori Silverman, Sarah Mobley, and Sue Gatliff, and their team's available to serve you over 40 hours each week at 404-892-8227, and this is a free service of Team Clark. Thanks for listening. Till next time.